gentlemen and welcome to i like to movie movie my name is dan scully my name is garrett smith i love that you're your own morning dj like soundboard oh yeah you gotta do it <laughs> yeah. the siren is key now the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you picture the the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing uh, tube of course. Yeah, yeah you gotta have that but uh, uh, you know what that's actually based on i might as well just throw the Go. intro to the wind uh many many years ago i was at a uh New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. with my fellow Chili's co-workers uh-huh. and one of the guys who worked in the back of house um, I actually never knew his real name uh-huh. he was Mexican and everyone just knew him as Nino okay and which translates to boy but yeah that's what and I thought. he was like in his late 20s early 30s but he just looked like a child he was a, <laughs> and so everyone called him Nino and he was yeah. a great great guy nice guy yeah but uh he and we didn't call him Nino I don't want you to think we were no, being no, racist I, yeah 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 he was he was introduced to me yeah, right. as Nino. No, no, I understand. And uh, he was DJing this party. Yeah. And anytime someone new came into the party, he'd cut the music and then yell into the mic, DJ Nino. And it brought and then crank the music up. And every single time it brought the house to its fucking knees. That's so good. And everybody who walked in, myself included, when that happened, were like, This is gonna be a special night. He made it a special night for everybody. I love it. And so that's where impersonating that story yes. that's where bone tomahawk dj got nino developed. is so good i love it. dj nino well that's uh we were just talking about this before we started recording i uh so i was home for my sister's wedding last weekend uh i got a bunch of cousins that have kids uh one of the kids an eight-year-old came up to me and was like i don't remember are you my uncle my cousin uncle cousin so now <laughs> i am uncle cousin to uh to a bunch of my uh second cousins and uh we were joking about how that's a great dj name dj, DJ uncle, uncle cousin, cousin. <laughs> I love it. So good. Do you see? DJ you see. Yeah, that's right. DJ Uncle Cousin. DJ opening Uncle for Cousin. Uncle Cracker. That's right. Who yeah. used to be the DJ for Kid Rock. <laughs> Why I know that, I have no fucking clue. And then became a country singer, maybe? Something like that? Something like yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. that's what Kid Rock did, too. Yeah, that's right. That's he true. He used to sing about all his heroes in the methadone clinics, yes. and now he's sucking Sarah Palin's dick. Now he's a cowboy, like, baby. <laughs> that was still from that, that era. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I used to love, I used to fucking love Kid Rock. Oh, dude. Uh, Bob with the Bob. Bob with the Bob. Oh, still, still kind of love that. Yeah. But anyway, guys, hello. <laughs> hey. Um, speaking of movies, yes. so you've been following us, and we've been doing the entire Psycho franchise, the most unlikely franchise. I don't know. No, nobody knew, knows that it's a franchise. No one talks and about so these far, movies. it's been a very good franchise. I, I love this franchise And not now. good in the sense where you're like, well, you know, it's older, so I get... Right. It's like it's been legit good for a variety of different uh, reasons, unique to each entry so yes. far, which I don't think... I could say that to describe any franchise. No, uh, like, you know, Friday the 13th has kind of become my, like, beloved horror franchise. Probably my favorite of the horror franchises. But it's one of those franchises where it's like, I probably like Halloween better than I like any Friday the 13th mm-hmm. movie. I probably like A Nightmare on Elm the Street. The things that are bad about Friday the 13th are what you end up coming to love Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that like, becomes part of the texture of their taste. I like it as a franchise. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the individual movies are not, you know, I would rate probably most horror movies better than, than the individual movies themselves. This Psycho series is like... The franchise is amazing, and each entry in it so far has been great, I think. And what's funny is now that you say it like that, 
we think of Friday the 13th, and I'm attracted to Friday the 13th as a franchise. Yes. As you said that. I like how you said that, and that's the brand of it. Yeah. But the individual movies or whatever. Yeah. No one thinks of Psycho as a franchise. I don't think of Psycho as a franchise. No one I've But I like the individual ones better, and I think it's because they have all kind of forged their own identity. Yeah. That it defies branding as a franchise. They weren't really made with franchise in mind. Yeah, the yeah. same way that Friday the 13th was, but for they sure. they were made, I think, for the same franchising reasons. Yeah. They're capitalizing upon, we have these established murderers that people love to watch murder people, which is very funny. Uh And uh, we've got one in our back pocket. He's still kicking. And, you know, so they employed it probably for the same cynical reasons. But here we are. Yeah. And and one of the things that I've I've come to understand through reading about them a little bit, I've tried not to, like, read ahead into the ones we haven't seen yet Mm -hmm. or anything. But uh, apparently... Oh, and now why can't I think of his name? Uh, Norman. What, what, what? Uh, Anthony Perkins. A- Anthony Perkins. Apparently, he maintained a lot of creative control over all of these sequels. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that has a lot to do with the quality of these movies. It's certainly spoken to the consistency of his character. Because even Absolutely. as his character uh, develops and we pull the lens outward on him, yeah. he's still true to the character. Yep. Um, all of the retcons have been clean. Yep. I've been going through the, uh, the Halloween series. Oh, yeah. I got one left. The yep. sequel to the remake. Yep. And um, <laughs> what a which funny is crazy. Sentence. The yeah. sequel to the remake to the series that was retconned out of existence yes. twice, yes. and is about to have about to happen a third time. A third time. And it, with the actress who wrote one, who like helped to create one big retcon, just because she wanted fucking out. Yep. And so it's phenomenal. Yeah. But like the retcons, they're they're clean in terms of like okay, they work. Yeah. And but they they're. Each and every retcon betrays at least one piece of tone or one piece of character. Yep. And in Psycho, every retcon just fuels uh, totally. what, we under- what we understand about Norman. Yeah. Um, maybe because we don't understand Norman. Right. Maybe it's because we get to see his behavior, but we're yep. never really given that much of a window into his mind. Yeah, in that's two, true. We think we are, yep. but then it turns out that what he's seeing he's actually seeing yes. we're not getting a window into his right. mind we're being duped yeah in three we're kind of back to where we were in one where we sort of understand like what his triggers are yes what it is that that uh is mother's goal yes but we still don't really see how his internal you know we, we do see him we get yelling a little with closer to it yeah they, re- they literally remove the wall behind yes. which he speaks to his mother but yep. we don't really get that much of a of an idea of of what his uh the actual psychology of it is still yeah, yeah, kind like of the relationship loose, I think. with his mother. Yeah, we yeah. just know that she was domineering and yes. that his uh his aunt uh Yeah. Oh, so wait, this is what I actually had to refresh this. So yeah, his please. aunt was Mrs. Spool from the diner. Yes. And uh she was dating who ultimately became Norman's father. Right. But he left her married Mama Bates. Yes. And uh they had Norman. Yes. She kidnapped Norman as a child to uh because she felt that had she stayed with the with Mr. Bates then Master Bates would have been her. Sorry, I had to. Uh, had she stayed with Mr. Bates, then this is the child they would have produced. Yes. Um, ultimately, she was locked up, and he was returned to his mother. Yep. And um, so that's that's where we stand now. Yes. And that gives us uh, that gives us a little bit into the relationship that his mother had with other people. Right. But we really only know his relationship with his mother through his eyes yes which is what i think part four will aim to correct yeah so this is okay so this is dan and i have really been enjoying doing this which is trying to make some predictions about the psycho movie we are about to watch 
And this one, we have one benefit that we haven't had before. This one has a subtitle. Mm-hmm. This one is Psycho for the beginning. The beginning. So that was accompanied for those listening at home with a hand gesture. Oh yes, where you called it the beginning, and um, you pre- you presented it to yes, me. Yes, exactly. And so you need that. <laughs> yeah, man. We got one of these days. We're gonna have to give people a video of this show just because we're both so animated. We should really just fucking uh, set up my phone and uh, what's it called, periscope it. Yeah, we you we know, should do, do that, that at some thing. point. Why not? We're very animated. People mm. would enjoy it. I think. Uh, so I, that was interesting to me also, because Fango seemed to want it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so we should that probably think about it. Uh, all right, so here we go. Pred- yeah, predictions, let's do some for, predictions, and and so it's called the beginning. So that gave me a little window as to like how I would think it's gotta of what be these prequelized could be. in some way. That's what I was thinking. So I mean, th- this is most base face value of anything. Flashbacks to a young a young Norman played by another actor. So I have as my first prediction is Norman telling the story from his cell. Yes. And I think, and this is just what I predicted as a stylistic choice, Yeah, I would like, I would hope, that he, as in telling the story, interacts with the flashbacks Ooh. the way that, like, like Rod Serling popping yes. into Twilight Zone. Yeah. Or Oscar Isaac in Life Itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. And, uh, he, yeah, that happens, like, right before he blows his brains out in his therapist's office. Spoiler oh, alert. God. So just let you know, very early in the movie. Whoa. That's crazy. Oh, I just lost my headphones. Okay. Oh, 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 that's all right. We can unpluggy those. There we go. The can- We're good. I- we're back. Excellent. I canned my can. So, yeah, that's what I think is <laughs> going to happen with that. Uh, so, okay. So then here's another very face value prediction. It's called The Beginning. If it's not going to be flashbacks, the only thing I can imagine is that we watch the cycle begin again, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what's happened in these sequels. Is mm-hmm. We feel like we're watching the cycle start again, and because of the ending of Psycho 3... I could actually see it being like kind of a repeat of Psycho 2. You know, he gets back out again, and we start the cycle over again. He did bring Mrs. Spool's dead hand, hand with him. Yeah, I, I think just as that dumb tag. To make yeah, it be like, exactly. Yeah, but, exactly. You know. So, I mean, I know that's another very base prediction, but I'm I'm wondering. Mine if that's are mostly base where we're too. headed. Uh, my second one was that the flashbacks will reveal some truth about his relationship with his mother as a youth that brings the series full circle. Oh, so there's going to be some sort of like fun thing that tries to tie a bow on it yeah. where it all you know where I, I guess what i'm saying is i i, I think it's going to come out in a way that it assigns fault to no one but his psychosis by right. the end right each one assigns fault to a different person that either triggers him or he's possessed by the memory right. of uh, i think they're going to try and wrap it up in a way that that just makes it he that was always troubled he is psycho yeah the end yeah yeah yeah. and i i would hope for that that would be kind of cool yeah that uh and i have something in that regard in here this is uh, my last two predictions are much more interesting than my first few so the other one and i think i've predicted this before about previous entries but it's called the beginning is it going to take on an apprentice of some kind uh, that'd be kind of cool I, I, I think that was one of my predictions for three too but I'm just trying to figure out how to work this subtitle out. And that was the other thing I thought of is like, does he take on an apprentice of some kind? And maybe he meets someone of a, a similar psychosis. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he, he and maybe he's even trying to train them to control their psychosis the way that he tried to train himself. You You're know? describing Dexter. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that could be interesting. I would wa- I would watch that, especially yeah. since Dexter fucked up. <laughs> um, my third one, I just said this one has to be comedy heavy. Yeah, it has to be. I, I think it's, especially after the third one. It's a one. made-for-TV movie. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be... I mean, the gore really only came later, and even then has still been metered. Yes. Um, but this one has to be comedy-heavy. And I just... 
I feel like inside Anthony Perkins' soul, there's a goof. Yeah. And we see little bits of him, and he's really good at making it uh, pathological and, and have that pathos to it. Yeah. But he's really fucking funny. He is. And I think that this deep in the series, it might be goofier. Yeah. Like, it might be a goofier brand, which I don't know how I want that to be. Well, the, and the tone of the third one definitely was a little goofier. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so I could definitely see it taking the step off of that yeah, into yeah. goofier territory. To, like, whoop, 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 yeah, whoop, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I this one could be bonkers. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of expecting that to some extent. Uh, okay, so here's maybe a more interesting one. Uh, again, trying to figure out the beginning. Someone buys the motel. Norman shows up and forces the new owner into a situation where they have to murder Norman, who then is in their head. Ooh, I would love that movie. Where it almost like passes the psycho torch, where like yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever takes over the psycho the, stick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> whoever takes over the motel ends up having to go to battle with Norman only to the point where it actually turns them into like the new Norman with Norman in their head. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, that would actually be really Isn't that cool. kind of, yeah, I think I, that's I'm pissed that it can't be Jeff Fahey. Yeah, exactly, but I like, know. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. But my fourth one is also a very, this is a very bland prediction. I said, I have a sense that this may be the one I don't like. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, but I, I'm, I'm certainly not going into it with that expectation or with that hope. I want to like it, but something just, I've seen the poster. That's what I know about <laughs> yeah. this movie. And it looks to me to be a movie I, I wouldn't like. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's I, all. Listen, I, that is kind of the expectation I've had for each of these, and it's defeated it every time. So yes, I'm, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. My last prediction, uh, and this is maybe along the lines of the, the fourth one I made there, but uh, what if Norman finally finds love and conceives a child? Oh, fuck. And it ends with the implication that the child suffers from the same thing that Norman does. That would be kind of cool. Psycho baby. Yeah. So Psycho baby. similarly passing the torch, but to like his own. Let's call it passing his own the knife. Spawn. Yes. Passing, passing the knife. Passing the knife. As, as we, and we're now as doing, we continue to we're gesture. both doing ridiculous yeah. gestures <laughs> yeah. as we do this. My last one is also on the predication that it's a prequel. I said that it ends with him once again being let out for one reason or another. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And because um, if in my version, he's in his cell telling these flashbacks. And I think at the end, it'll just be like, ah, you know, we're out of funding. Norman, you're free to go. Yeah. I have nowhere to go. You, eh, it doesn't matter to me. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here, you crazy. That's actually not a bad prediction because I think this would have been made like in the era when a lot of those kinds of homes were being shut down and people were it just kind of being released. Yeah. For the better part of the early 2000s and still now, but less so um, now we see a lot more uh, homeless people from economic downturns. Yes, yeah. But um, I, this and this is true for most cities that if you go back 20 years, yep. you would see a higher instance of people that are not just mentally handicapped and homeless, but homeless because they're mentally handicapped yeah. and mentally handicapped because they just had nowhere to, you know, they had nowhere to go when they were released. Yeah. Yep. That was a scary time. Yes. Uh, so that's actually, that's not a bad prediction because I think this is probably right around that era when that mm. was like uh, becoming commonplace. Um, that would kind of be an interesting plot turn for it to take. And it would once again end the same way that all of the movies sort of suggest because at the end of the first one, it's we got him, but he's insane. Yeah. And so, and because that's the reveal is that yep. he's actually psycho. Yeah. In two, it's like, we cured him, but now he's uncured. Yeah. In three, it's like, we got him, but he's clearly got something planned. Yeah. So it always leaves you with that notion of 
you can't contain psychosis because yeah. it is a rogue chaotic element if you want to think of it that sure, way. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so to have this end with it just being like he could be in your backyard, right. you never know. Right. The 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 Ooh. royal psycho, yeah. you know, could be your neighbor. Yeah, right. And so I think that would be a way that they can end it and so turning him into up. a the shape of yes, sorts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Man that that Rob Zombie one was such a mystery. <laughs> Revisiting it was just a... Uh, I'm excited to eventually get to it. I, I think you should. Yeah. I, it, th- honestly, to tell you the truth, I've had more fun writing about the Halloween series than anything in, in ages. I love it. Because it has been fascinating to try and study it across 30 years of... of and now 40 years. Yeah. Um, H2O was the 20-year anniversary. Yep. We are now 20-year anniversary to that. Yep. And just watching all of that change and watching how the franchise and how the decades affected everything in conjunction with watching uh, Psycho adjacent to that yeah. is like, it's fascinating. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah. But that, with all of that in my brain, watching Zombies Halloween was like, it, it, that's the only one that actually feels like completely out of time. Interesting. Um, but it, it's just, it, it's just wild. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. It, it's, I'm going to have to check it out. It's worth rewatching, even if it's not uh, not terribly good. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never seen it, so I'm, I'm okay. going to have to check it out. There's some things in it where you're like, this is everything I want from a remake. Yeah. And then there's other things where you're like, dude, <laughs> like you're not you're not a 15-year-old angsty idiot anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. All right, well, let's go yeah, watch let's uh, Psycho 4. <laughs> Psycho 4, the beginning. Yes. We'll be back. Movie, movie. Psycho 4, the beginning. Is the end. The end. It's you you just said this before we started recording. R- repeat yourself about the way these said work. that in, in horror movies, when something is referred to as the final chapter, it is all but assured that it is not the final chapter. Never is. Uh Jason had I think more series after the final chapter than before it. <laughs> uh-huh. Um I think the final Friday has was that four or five? Well n- so the final chapter sorry, that, is four. Uh, and then and there's what's the nightmare on Elm Street final uh, one called? Oh, oh uh, uh, Freddy's Dead, the Freddy's, final nightmare. Yes, that's, yeah, I think yeah, that's yep, five. Yep. And so then there's a few. There's a uh, two more in a remake after that. Yep. Yep. And then um, I don't think Halloween. saw the final chapter. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was the 3D chapter. Is the fi- is the final destination the final final destination? Yes, it is. And it may end it uh, when we do those movies, yes. which we eventually will, yes. and you see what the ending to that is. Yeah. Uh, the the title is mwah. ah I love it um, yes it is the the final chapter okay is never the final chapter yeah. Jigsaw followed saw the That's final right. chapter yeah. and um so <laughs> they're never the final chapter but this one is the end of the series titled the beginning it's like they so conventional wisdom yeah. like conventional horror wisdom holds that yes. the movie is the opposite of what you claim it to be <laughs> exactly so. Yeah. That said, it's an accurate title. Yes, it is. Uh, because it turns out uh, you and I did a pretty good job predicting this one. Should I'll, we whip out the clues? I think we should. The clues. Uh, although the one the thing... The clues, the, the predictions. The one thing that I, I... This is one of the things that I love about this movie, and I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit, is that the one thing you never could have predicted, and this always seems to be the case with Psycho sequels, you just can't exactly predict what we're going to do. Could you ever have predicted... The plot of Psycho Four would be entirely contained to a pop psychology radio show. <laughs> that's that's insane. That's impossible to predict. I really thought he was going to be talking to a psychologist at his in his cell. Yes, but no, he was talking.
talking to who I believe was the actress that was in Carmen Sandiego game show. Oh, I think you're right. I think that was the listen up, gumshoes. Yeah, yeah. But I could I could just be completely wrong. Yeah. But either way, she's a notable face. Yes. I know that face. Yeah, me too. Um, she has to have been in a Die Hard. She oh right yeah wasn't she in a one of those faces? She's very familiar. Yeah, and she has yeah. What did you call it? It's like a pop psychology radio pop show. Psych- it's like it's kind of it's actually really prescient because it's kind of <laughs> like a podcast. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's a call-in show. Yep. And the topic of the week <laughs> is matricide. matricide, the most heinous crime of all. Apparently, yes. I can think of. I can think of way more heinous crimes, and that's a very heinous crime. But they keep saying that. It was like, yeah, it was really funny the way they kept describing it. Yeah, it's it is match, and so they have a, an expert on. Yes, and uh, this guy, uh, he's he's a hardcore he's psychologist. Real mean. He's real mean. He's like the kind of person like. I feel like he's the kind of psychologist that you'd be like, listen, I'm sad. And he'd be like, well, why don't you shut the fuck up about it? <laughs> yeah. And then collect his... He, he was just not good. No. And uh, he is at an ideological crossroads yes. with uh, Fran Ambrose. Yes. Fran Ambrose yes. is uh, with Fran... <laughs> <laughs> I'm falling too hard into the bit. Yeah. Um, Fran Ambrose. When Fr- and Fran Ambrose, they have like a different methodology of how they view matricidal killers to yes. be born. But it's also a call-in show, and Norman calls in. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has expertise. Yes. It's, and it works. It's so crazy. It works. Yeah, I couldn't believe how much. I mean, once again, the theme of the series is just like, I can't believe how much I enjoy each successive one. Mm-hmm. I would say this was probably the least of them. This is my least favorite, for but sure. this feels like the movie I expected at its best Psycho 2 to be. Yeah. And then oh, them yeah. to only get worse, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it's amazing that they made it four movies deep to finally get to this quality. And this is still of way better quality than I expected any of these sequels to be. And IMDb lists it as a TV movie. It does. It IMDb is not always... No. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's editable. And it could not have been made for TV. No. There initially. are elements in this that, There's some that nudity. aren't television. Yeah. There's nudity. It's like... I don't know. It just doesn't play as the type of thing that I remember in 1990 being TV friendly. Yeah. Even with the, you know, explicit elements. Yeah. I wish I had more information about that. Like what it was actually. We'll uh, find out. What it was aired on, you know. Um, But so just to hit some of my predictions here. Flashbacks to a young Norman, different actor, Henry Mm -hmm. Thomas from E.T., who I thought was very good. He was really good. He He, captured Norman very well. He really does. He, especially in his body language, I think was doing a great job of imitating what Anthony Perkins brings to the character. Mm -hmm. Um, And even in some of the line readings, I thought he was like trying to give a little bit of like the kinds of inflections that Norman gives, you know? I would agree. It's And that's one of those where... Like Freddie, one guy played Freddie. Yeah. Two, if you count uh, Jackie O'Hale. Yes. Yep. Um, but a bunch of people played Jason. But there was discussions amongst them. As like Kane Hodder has a very particular way he likes to see uh, Jason be played. Right. And would have input in the movies. Like, oh no, Jason would do that. And you know, there's so many Jasons that who could say. But yeah. uh, there's really only one Norman Bates. Yes. It at least over that time period. Yeah. And, Which uh, is a long time period. I mean, that's like 35, 40 years of just oh, yeah. one guy playing Norman Bates. Yeah, and that's kind of the key because, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's an unadaptable character. Right. Uh, we've I, I forget who what the kid's name who plays him in uh, Bates Motel. Yeah, I don't, I forget what his I don't name know. Is. But apparently he does a great job and captures that as well. Yeah. So it's not like... A, I don't know. It's just it's a very good performance and there, there's not a lot to... It's not a lot to lean on, yeah. you know, and it, it feels like one of those performances that, that is 
Perkins' own. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it exudes out of him in some way that you couldn't imitate. It's yes, not, exactly. You know, but uh, but you can. And, yeah. and a testament to that character, he did. Yeah. And now, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking if they tried to do a young Freddy... Uh, and have a, an actor uh, replace oh. him. But in my head, I'm just picturing the same, not like a young living Freddy, yes. just this, like a teenaged Freddy Krueger. Yeah, just yeah. Like, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like a like an eight-year-old kid, but that still yeah. has the same, like, you know, uh, scar from yeah. being burned and stuff. He's got claws. Yeah. He laughs evilly. And yeah. he has like a little squid. Yeah, he's still got a fedora. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that has anyone gone back to Freddy and been like, we should have known? Yeah. Right off the bat, the fedora. Yeah. Uh, what was my other one that worked out here? I mean, a pretty big one. I, I can't believe this turned out to be true, and I'm happy it did, but... That he ha- he finds love and conceives a child, uh, and that. But I like that what this movie does with that is it goes like, yeah, Norman's afraid of that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that Norman fears most is passing whatever he has on to someone else. Before I even get into uh, my predictions, yeah, that's an interesting thing because one of the things that we've always tracked with Norman throughout this series is our empathy towards him, mm-hmm. and. This came to a conclusion that I think is a little bit wonky. I agree. Um, it's a little bit weak. It felt like like the last they, they five ten out minutes a of bit. this movie are not. But in terms of where it works, it works in the way that we see that you know Norman's reasoning for wanting to kill this child is that he he recognizes the evil within yes. himself. So in a way, he is cured from when he was just the original. So he recognizes this yeah. evil. In the first one, he was almost deluded by what's real and what isn't with Mother. Yes. But like, for the rest of them, there is a divide between that. Maybe yes. because the, the window's pulled down, we see more of it. Yeah. But it always has that empathy. And yeah. even that is true to his character totally. to a degree, despite escalating weirdly. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it's, um, as we always end up saying, it's like, yeah, no, this is like a heinous thing that Norman wants to do. And, mm. and you know, but they're... Just they somehow pull it off every they time. They tap where it's into like, that humanity. Yeah, it's like, well, I, I, un, I do understand Norman's point of view on this. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is still a heinous thing, but I, I could, I understand where Norman is coming from with it, and it's um, it's sad to watch him have to go oh, through absolutely. that. It always is. That's a, I mean, people with severe, severe. Now, this, of course, is, has not a. There's not a lot of nuance in terms of... No, I mean, there's plenty of nuance, but I, I can't imagine there's any accuracy or thought towards accuracy in terms of mental health. I don't think so. This is yeah. just meant to, you know, the, yeah. the mind is a playground and they yeah. just run around in that. Um, I forget where I was going with that. But, okay. um, it, yeah, you know. It's okay, because the movie... Do, I mean, I was thinking about that a lot throughout this one. It, it's not that um, uh, psychology has... It's not that it hasn't come up before in these movies, but this one like really dives into the idea of the psychology of uh, Norman, and um, I kind of think that's a little bit why the pop psychology radio show thing works in its favor to some extent mm-hmm. because you know uh, the understanding of this kind of psychosis from the original you know at the time period of the original Psycho was not what it is by the time you get to 1990 we have you know what i mean and so it's mm-hmm. like i think they're kind of actively dancing around in in quote unquote like fake psychology almost you know because mm-hmm. um, that just fits this series better at this point if that makes sense oh absolutely i, I don't I think, think they that's feel part any of 90s need. branding yeah in the 90s like psychology was stepping out of the 1980s understanding which is that eh, it's a head shrinker yeah and uh but there came with it there was a you know there's a bunch of thrillers in the 90s based around 
psychologists, psychology, yep. Yep. you know, your basic instinct, your, yep. uh, oh, what's the one with Bruce Willis? Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, I do know. What is that called? <laughs> Amy Schumer's on the episode of uh, How Did This Get Made? I yes. remember that. It was, what the fuck is that called? Like Color of Night or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I but can't remember what it's called. That yeah. was the main thing. Like, yep. psychology was this thing that, like, we were, at, we were at a point where we were accepting it, but it was still salacious. Yeah. Yep. And so we were toying with that a little bit. Yeah. And, and uh, so I think this movie, you know, uh, for me, I was, like, pretty okay with it because it just feels like this movie is not trying to be insulting to any kind of psychology mm-hmm. or anything it's just it's more playing around with with those ideas cuz it just fits this series better at this point you know like i said earlier they just they did it they turned it into the idea of like oh the mind is a playground yeah yeah you know i think in terms of our understanding of psychology people are accepting more things in a gray area yeah. as opposed to just like you're good you're bad yeah. you know and so they just use that to uh build the the mind is a playground yeah, thing yeah. fill it with crazy ideas <laughs> yeah uh, and they also, you know, I, I think where this movie at least gets a little interesting with that stuff is they they get into they dig into a little bit of the nature versus nurture mm. argument around this kind of psychology, and uh, I think they do kind of a good job with that where they just go, it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, I think that's that's the understanding that we're constantly moving towards, yeah. and there's just still areas where we don't, where it's like mostly everything yeah. is is nature and nurture yes you know yep. except in extreme cases yeah. of horrifying nature or just like yeah. brutal nurture yeah it's a little bit of both for everybody for better or for worse and so for them to kind of be landing on that there in 1990 is pretty cool yeah yeah i, I thought that was an interesting way for them to take it they I, walk that wire yeah they do Beca- they're, and it, they're trying it is to. in service of humanizing uh uh norman norman yeah ed ed um but it's also you know in service of of just plot mechanics yeah yeah that i mean that's the thing it's like at the end of the day they're still trying to kind of like have a little fun they're trying to make mm-hmm. a fun psycho sequel you know uh and so i think i think they actually get away with a lot of that like fairly well oh absolutely um and uh yeah i just was so surprised like if you asked me to write psycho 4 never in a million years it would i uh, have the entire plot device be a radio call in <laughs> <Yeah>. show you <laughs> know i wouldn't even think to, oh man my my psycho 4 would be lazy i'd be like all right he's out yeah and then a lady shows up right and he does it again yeah only this time we'll we'll make it louder yeah that's my thing yeah well oh and you know uh, you brought this up before uh in the intro when we were talking about predictions and stuff um it is interesting that this movie like "Quote unquote" does some retconning, but uh, still seems to fit together pretty well with what we know about Norman and and his history. It's doing what in in the last Jigsaw movie, the the big twist at the end or whatever, just suggested that like that like Jigsaw when he was dying of cancer had so much time on his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's just got so many different things that he has set up during this time that it's just it's just ridiculous. But it all it all works. Yeah, yeah. Um. There, there's just there's just enough space to do it and it all works and it's all it all, and this feels like that yeah where it's just yeah i can't there's no holes in it yeah you're just cramming a lot more into yes. every little nook and cranny of the history that you that yep. you can and uh, yeah it holds up it does it, it works pretty well and they you know they for 1990 as as you were saying some of the obsession we had with psychology was definitely like a psychosexual psychology mm-hmm. and so they really dip into that stuff here but in fairly interesting ways like they it's interesting, and it's I, and I actually will credit to Mick Garris 
um, who's a director that I he's what half else has of he directed? He d- he's done like almost every TV Stephen King movie. Okay, he did the TV The Shining. Yep. He did, I believe he did Rose Red. Okay. He did yep. um, Regulators. Okay. Um, or whatever that other one. That I was know. It was the other one. Yeah, The Langoliers? No, not The Langoliers. It was the, the one that he wrote. One is Bachman and one is Stephen King. Ooh, I wouldn't know. I'd be um, bad at that. Yeah, The Regulators was the Bachman one, but uh, Desperation. Oh. Okay. Ho! Hachimachi. Uh, <laughs> my brain doesn't do that anymore. And I'm, <laughs> I am late in a, in a hungover day. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. Okay. Regulators. He did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's just he. He's a. I think that he's got great horror intuition. Yeah. But I think because he's always working in TV. Yeah. He's limited to, just some kind of twee notions that yeah. that show through in his stuff, and I think showed through here. But to his credit, there's scenes where young Norman is in sexually charged moments with his super hot babe mom. <laughs> yeah. And it's supposed to be uncomfortable because it's incestuous yeah. and it's abusive. Yes. And uh, But at the same time, in order for that to play, it does also have to be true to the sexually charged nature of the moment. So it yeah. has to be uh, erotic in a way. Yeah. That is a fine line to walk. Yes. And I think he nailed it. I agree. Like, nailed it. Yeah. And that that is tremendous, I think. Yeah. Well, it's very uncomfortable. It really is. And it's uncomfortable because it is explicit in, and it is erotic in a way. That's, yeah. That's wild to me. And he, like, I think that, to me, one of the more interesting aspects of them deciding to dive in, because, you know, they've, they've dipped their toe in this idea that there's mm-hmm. some sort of sexual motivation for what's going on with we Norman. We assume it from the very start yeah. because it's when she... When Marion presents herself, at least in Norman's eyes, as a potential sexual yes. partner, mom flares up. Yeah. So it is there, but it's never called attention to, I think, until really the third one. Yeah, yeah. That's when they like uh, get more explicit about it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this one gets really explicit about it, but I thought it was interesting that like, kind of what they're trying to depict is that... So they, they, he literally says out loud at one point, like, you're thinking incest, and it's not incest. Mm. And I do think he means that because a lot of what they show us is that it's more like his mother infantilizes him mm. and treats him like he's a little boy, her little helper, into his teenage years when he's starting to develop sexually. And so as she's infantilizing him and basically, like, you know, al- not even allowing, almost kind of requesting that he get into bed with her as a teenager or something... Mm. He has a reaction to that that is just because he's a, a burgeoning, you know, sexual young man. He's a hormonal boy. Yeah. And there's no women in his life. Right. And his mom is touching up on him and stuff. Right. And so and he it knows that it's wrong to have a physical reaction. Yeah. And But he can't not. And then she shames him for it. And then it. she shames him for yeah. it. Exactly. And so it's. A, I thought they actually did a pretty... There was a, a That was a very interesting kind of complex way to depict that, I think, mm-hmm. that I was pretty impressed by as far as... And I think it has so many pieces that you can skirt any criticism of, oh, it's, uh, it's uneducated about mental illness. Right, yeah. Because it's just... There's really so many elements, but they're in such a perfect uh, symbiosis with one another. Yeah. I saw Venom this week, guys. That <laughs> word is in the brain. Symbiote. Symbiote. Yeah, like a dirt in the wind. <laughs> that's not, he doesn't sound like that at all. Yeah. I just, I'm just stoned. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that was a tough thing to pull off and a bold choice. Yeah. And I think it uh, it's purposefully a little bit wonky and salacious, yeah. but it, it definitely suits 
the the movie. I don't know. It serves it in a way that that doesn't feel cheap or exploitative. No, because we every time they started with that, especially in the beginning of the movie, you and I were like, oh boy, mm-hmm. and then they would kind of uh, they would go left where I thought they would go right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, well, I think it it ran the risk of of falling under the issues with as many of the Halloween movies started to give Michael Myers a background. Yeah. Because the thing that's scary about him is that he's nothing. He yep. just kills because yep. that's what he's doing. Yep. Super scary, super cool. He came from a, a normal family, so nothing set him off. Yeah. And so by giving him this background, where he was abused and all that, it it weakens some of what we understand about that character. And one of the the luxuries of having a character who's main draw is that he's mentally unbalanced yeah you can actually have your cake and eat it too that way yeah by filling in that background yeah you know sometimes i I didn't care for it too much but it didn't betray what i know about norman bates in a way that felt like retconning no yeah and i mean as they get into the more abusive nature of his mother and introduce chet rudolph her boyfriend (laughs) can't wait to talk about chet we should do a week on chet Uh, we're we're going to in a minute um but uh, as they get into the more abusive nature of his mother and and introduce the chet character into it and both of them are pretty abusive to him Mm -hmm. it that fit in pretty well for me with what we already knew about Norman and his mom. Oh, Norman yeah. was never extremely explicit about it, but the way he talked about his mom, to me, always implied what we are shown in this movie. Yes, absolutely. I think that it gets... Because it is even suggested that when her boyfriend showed up yep. is when he first got the taste. Yeah, I think it maybe gets explicit about it in a way that, to what you're saying, is a little goofy or wonky in, in some mm. ways and, and maybe feels too on the nose if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it definitely doesn't feel outside of what I felt like I already understood about Norman and where he came from and, mm-hmm. and the relationship he had with his mom. You know what I will say I don't like about this? Yeah. Um, I don't like that his mom and... Oh, wait, never mind. Is it? Nope, never mind. I'm wrong. I, I thought that the uh, the his mom and her boyfriend was his first kill. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I got confused because I remember they were talking about his first kill, but yeah, it, and the, I lost the, my yeah. Well, I I actually, forgot about how she saw the corpse at the beginning. Yeah, and I had a similar as the movie was going on. I had a similar kind of like disconnect at a certain point. I yeah, was yeah. like, oh wait a second, but didn't we already see his first kill? And then I realized part of the nature of this radio call-in show thing is he's telling his history out of order a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you do have to kind of like follow the path that he's well, winding through. And that through. was probably his first kill after, after yes. that, you yep, know, and exactly. so that, and that would make yeah. sense that he refer to it that way. Yep. Yeah. That Okay. So I'm good. That Then I'm good. We're into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't like, well, you know, let me, can I give my predictions? Please. Yes. Cause I think you nailed a few too. All right. So, uh, one Norman interacting with the flashbacks, Rod Serling style. Totally happened. Totally happened. But, Telling the story from his cell did not happen. No, although, you know, he is telling his... I mean, I was actually surprised that that's very much what they did, was yeah. he's telling his story. I just... He was on the poster. He yeah. had to be in it. Yeah. And I figured that was the way. Two, reveals some truth about his relationship with his mother as a youth that brings the series full circle. I mean, that that was probably to be expected yeah, in, yeah. in any final chapter. Yeah, and and it definitely gets there. Gets there. Yeah. I, they didn't try to pull... I thought it was going to be there more There was like, no they pull like, a, like yeah, yeah, like, exactly. There was nothing like that. I said, this one has to be comedy heavy. No more so than any of the other ones. And In actually, fact, I think it was a little darker than yeah, three. Yeah, I think less so than three. Uh, I have a sense this one may, the one may be the one I don't like. Uh, no, I liked it a I lot. I did like this. I liked yeah. it quite a bit. I, I, I would say it's the least, least of the series, yeah. though. Yeah. Ends with him being let out for some reason or another. 
it kind of starts with him being let out for yeah, some reason for no or reason another. Yeah, yeah. And well, but I think too, like that that's only accurate in that they do. I don't want to say suggest a sequel, but leave it open for yes. he's still out there because he is still out there. Yeah. Uh, and his kid is being his born. His kid is going to be born. And yeah. his wife is actually crazy too. And yeah. I don't know if this movie comes down on her being nuts or not. I can't figure out how I, the movie feels about her. I feel like the movie it doesn't want us to be mad at her, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think for the ending, and that's probably why you and I are like a little bit like, I don't know about this ending. It's it's not so much that they gave Norman a happy ending that I'm like uh, upset with, although mm. I do feel like it would fit the Psycho series better for there to be a bit of a darker ending here. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's more just that, like, you know, she. I'm. I don't think that it. This woman does a very weird thing to him. Mm. It's ultimately revealed that she, without telling him, goes off of birth control so that she can get pregnant by him. How did they meet? And. It, She's his psychologist, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they or explicitly say that she's his psychologist. He just says we met in the hospital, right? And but she's like a behavioral psychologist, yeah. And now they're married, yes. And she lied to get it because she loves him so much. She wants to keep him around, and she loves him a lot, yes. But it doesn't. I just wonder if that's just like an old timey thing where it's just like, uh. But I just see it as, like, these people are in a fucked-up relationship. I agree. And even if his psychosis isn't inherited, they are going to abuse it into this kid. Yeah. He might give us, like, a thriller album. Right, yeah, But he yeah. also might be... Ugh. There's, de- you know, there's definitely... I think you could, if you wanted to, you probably could draw a parallel and go, like, he's he's marrying his mother, as some boys yeah, often oh, do. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, he's he's found his way to a woman that is is also going to uh, ab- abuse his his loving nature, or mm-hmm. however you want to say that. Um, I don't think that the movie is necessarily trying to frame her like that. Yeah, that's. I, that's... I think you and I understand her to be that way, and I th- I think rightfully so. I think. Oh, absolutely. Well, then again, one of the things that has run current in all of these sequels, yeah. is how immediate how the. Most people that interact with Norman on a day-to-day basis are on the side of him being an okay guy. Yes. Yep. And the person who's going, no, but he murders people, yeah. is the one that is considered crazy. Yes. Yep. And so it, it's that is something that just doesn't necessarily jive with me in logic, but it's a reality of the world of these movies yes. that... that uh, people love Norman. It just is. Yeah. People, love, people that so, know Norman love Norman. Love Norman. And... And I do get it because we do like him as a character. Of course, but yeah. The whole time I'm just going like, no, you, he should rot in jail for this. Yeah, yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. But everyone's very forgiving of him, and she follows that pattern. Yes. So I, even though logically she's just crazy, the I I don't think the movie wants us to think. She's right. Crazy. I, I mean, I, because it, there was times where I was like, she, it felt like it was the movie, but. I, yeah, I guess I ultimately don't think because it, it tried to earn that ending. I mean, that's the thing. I think the movie thinks it has a happy ending, mm-hmm. and I think the only way it's a happy ending is if we believe that happy open ended ending. Yeah, happy, happy blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, happy open ended. Yes. yes. Uh, um, but I, I think the movie, in order for that to be a happy ending, we have to believe that she's good for Norman, and and this is a good thing for them to mm-hmm. ha- have a child together and continue their relationship. Which I don't necessarily think that's the case. That said. Maybe you and I are misreading it, and that is supposed to be the horror of the ending. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, if the ending is interested in putting, Nor- you know, keeping Norman alive yeah. and having that 
being a good thing for us as an audience, however you want to take it, yeah. as well as doing the cynical, like, hee, 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 things yeah. aren't actually over that horror movies love to do. Which That's a way to do it. It definitely tries to do, but in a very weird, loose it's way weird, that yeah. doesn't really make sense to They're me. trying to do both of those yeah. things, I think, and that's as good as it's going to get, at yeah. least. It's definitely this deep in the series. Totally. Because at this point, like... Norman should be dead. <laughs> he yeah. should be. I don't. I don't believe in the death penalty, but I think we should put him in the chair. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he's just dead. He's uh, evil. I to me, but I like him. Yeah, oh, I love Norman. He's such a great <laughs> character. Uh, to me, I do think the missed opportunity. We talked about this as we were watching. I think the big missed opportunity with the ending is that Norman doesn't die in the house in the mm. fire. To me, that seems like the appropriate way for Norman to to go out. He should have died in this. Yeah. They can still have their... Because, okay, I always say this. End of Rocky Five. Yeah. true to Rocky to to throw the, the, the fight and not do it. Yeah. But you got to have a fight, so they did it. Yeah. Uh, true to, to this redemptive arc that the sequels keep subverting yes. would be for Norman Bates to go, I have an opportunity to die alongside this house. Yeah. It is the house. Yes. It is my memories. It is the trauma that I that I experienced. It is also me. Yeah. And anytime he realizes that, which happens, that's when you get your your empathy back for him, yep. despite him being a murderer. Yeah. They should yeah, they absolutely should have killed him in this movie. Yes. And yes, whereas you want Norman to live just in case you get a psycho five. Yeah, yeah. It is more true to the character. Yeah. Don't and fight I, under the septic station. Really, Die in the house. And and the big missed opportunity is that this movie, like all the others, makes a bunch of visual references to uh, a lot of the Hitchcock straight stuff. up lines lifted from yep. the from dialogue. The There's the thing where he cuts his finger in the beginning, and we mm. see the blood in the sink drain, and it looks yep. very much like the blood in the shower drain. I mean, and all of the sequels have done this. And one of the things that all of the sequels have done is that great shot of someone falling down the staircase mm -hmm. from sort of a, it's it's not their first person view, but it's almost like we're in a first person it's view over their Aronofsky, body. Yeah. Uh, shoulder mounted camera look. It, yes. As they like fall down a staircase. There were multiple moments in this movie where I thought they were going to give us that. At one point, I thought Chet was going to oh. get one of those deaths. And Norman falls down four flights of stairs. By the end yeah. of it, he falls down a whole bunch of flights of stairs. A whole bunch And of we them. never get that shot. And I really think the big missed opportunity of this movie is not just he should have died in that house fire. That's exactly how it should have happened. Absolutely. There's a whole sequence where he's at the top of the stairs, and he sees mother again. And then he sees his first victim again. And then he sees the next victim again. One of those, him spinning around in circles as he sees his past, should have resulted in him falling down the staircase backwards. We get the crazy shot of him falling, and he hits his head on something and dies in the fire inside mm. the house. To or me, he falls into a flame. Yeah, like <sighs> yeah, exactly. Like that. To me, that is like the ending of this movie. Absolutely. Um, we didn't get that, but I, I think the movie ultimately is pretty good. Otherwise, oh yeah, it's. I mean. It is that ending where they, they uh, you said this phrase once, serve too many masters. Yeah, yeah. It was just they tried to have everything, and they it was did. like they, they couldn't kill that one darling and just let it. I get it. I do, too. But like yeah. now, in hindsight, knowing that there were no further Psycho movies, yes. you know, this is the end of the franchise proper. Yep. That would have been the you know, hindsight appropriate ending, I think. Yeah. That would have been killer, because yeah. there were enough tags. But at the same time, I can imagine in trying to do this subverted yet referential yes. psycho thing uh to the filmmakers here decided that just throwing him down a bunch of steps is enough yeah and not yeah. doing the shot yeah 
you know. Yeah, I but get But if it. you're doing the drain shot, why not do yeah, that? Why not? I get why they didn't do it, and it is a huge missed opportunity. I think it's so. It's huge. Yeah. And, then, and then they leave walking down more steps. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. so many steps. It's crazy. The opportunities are... Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. Uh, but um, I, I we should mention, too, that there's a throwaway line that the... Uh, the angry psychologist when he realizes that Ed, who they're all talking to, uh, is Norman Bates. Yes. At one point, he's just like, "I was the person that uh, treated him uh, first after the what is after the girl in the shower." Yeah. And so we just know that somewhere along the lines, he has met him. That was to me that was a very funny throwaway line to yeah. just get a little quick retcon in yeah. there. Yep. But man, that guy was a shit psychologist. He was mean. He was just mean. He be- he said at one point. They were like, oh, we got to figure out who this guy is because he said he's going to kill again. He's like, all right, let me loose on him. Yeah, yeah. I'll get to work on him. Yeah. It's like, that's the very weird approach to psychology yes. <laughs> of I'm going to chip his brain open and just dig out all the, the, yeah. the rot and figure it out. I, and then all he did, he was just like, Norman, you're killing people because they give you a bonus, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no, it's yeah. actually more nuanced than that. No! Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all about your dick, right? And you wanted to fuck your mom. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he just comes at him hard. It's yeah. very weird. Which is also, like, that much worse because, like, ultimately what we know through all the flashbacks is, like, no, this is exactly what his mother told yeah, him. You that, are like, her. That, like, like, drove him to some of this. If anything, maybe it's making a statement to the to how important it is we remember the the flexibility of psychology as a science yes. as it develops. Yeah. But um, all right, I gotta look up the lady's name because uh, I was just gonna call her Carmen San Diego. Oh. But she uh, well, Fran Ambrose whole, is the Fran character. You can call her Fran Bros. Fran Bros. She is the nice psychologist who just wants to talk it out with Norman yeah, yeah. as she smokes 150 cigarettes. Uh, the only person so that's many. ever smoked more cigarettes is the lead singer of Stained in that one music yeah. video. <laughs> she, it's Stained, Constantine, and yeah. CCH Pounder. Yes, I knew CCH, CCH, Pounder, CCH yep. Pounder. Is she Carmen Sandiego? I'd, I'd love to know. We'll find out. But yeah, CCH is Is that how it's pronounced? I don't actually. I've never heard anyone say her name. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or is it... <laughs> <laughs> Pounder, because it's not it's not acronymed here. Oh, interesting. But um, all right, we'll figure it out. I think in the credits of the movie though was C C H, but like I don't, th- I, I think it was spaced out in the credits of this movie, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, certainly, probably. I I wouldn't. I, I could be. I don't wrong. remember. Yeah, man, she she is in everything. I it, like I know I recognize her. She's not in um. She's definitely not in. She's uh, not gumshoes. She's, she's not gumshoes. Okay. Oh yeah, she was Timmins on Cagney and Lacey, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> oh. Uh, going third degree burn. It's Miami got, Vice. Yeah, it's got to be eighties and nineties stuff that I would Quantum recognize Leap, her from. Psycho Four. Yeah. Cop Rock. <laughs> yeah, Cop Rock. She was assistant on Home Improvement. <laughs> oh. Uh, Cosby Show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Benny and June. RoboCop Three. She Woo! was Bertha. Life pod. <laughs> um, wait, they get more and more noticeable though. Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, White Dwarf, yeah, Living yeah, Single. Yeah, yeah, She was on Gargoyles. Oh, these walls could talk. She was Hollis Miller in You Heard It Here, Face Off. Ah, uh, Face Off's uh, yeah. got to be where Face Off's got to be. It. She was on Millennium. She's a Ooh. voice in Batman Beyond. Ooh, but yeah, she smokes for the entire uh, thing. It's unreal. And if if anyone's like Rod Serling, yeah. she she puts one cigarette down in I one just, hand to pull up another yeah. one. It's great. It's so good. I had a, a college professor that had Serling as a professor back when he was in college. No way. And he said that uh Rod Serling was a great professor, yeah. but he said no lie, he would he had ashtrays all around. <laughs> 
and he would just be smoking one. He'd set it down in an ashtray, and if he yeah. got to another ashtray, he would just pick up the one that was in there and continue, and he just always that's had a cigarette insane. going. He did die of lung cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that makes like, sense. It yeah. Is, but yeah, he was just like that. That's but crazy. Man, if I have ever wanted to be in a classroom, oh it's Rod Serling just walking around like yeah. a madman talking smoking about like story cigarettes. structure, smoking a cigarette, yeah. wearing a suit. Yeah. I would never cheat in his class either because if I was looking at the uh, test and then just look over the shoulder and he's there, yeah. it's like, hello, oh, <laughs> taking a test. <laughs> Thought it was going to be an easy day, but things aren't going to be so easy for young Mr. Scully. Yeah, exactly. He's going to find out that patience truly is a virtue. Like, like I'm just <laughs> stupid, whatever. Uh, we got to, okay, well, one, I just want to make sure we name job. John Landis is in this movie. John, and what was funny is... Uh, I forget who popped up that we were looking up. And yes. you were like, oh, that guy looks like John Landis. Yeah. Yep. And then it was. It was. Uh, uh, who at one point, because they're they're doing a uh, a show where they, they oh, talk yeah, yeah. about murder and stuff like yeah. that, uh, he's the studio head, I guess. Yes. And uh, uh, Norman says on the phone, like, well, if I hang up, your show's over or something. No, that was later. That is later, but... Yeah, it's, that it's leads something the, like still that. Still leads to the point that you're talking about. He's like, all you people care about is uh, is exploiting, you know, death for for a couple of points in your ratings. Yeah, and then they're like, no, 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 we want to help. And then John Landis's character is like, no, these points are actually very important. He's like, no, the ratings are important to me. And so the Twilight Zone movie is something <laughs> that is immediately invoked in a scene where he ignored uh, safety protocol for the sake of a great shot yeah. and led to the death, the gruesome death of three people. Yep. Including a you know, relatively uh, famous celebrity. It so. fucking blew both of our minds that this movie inadvertently, question mark, referenced yeah. that scenario. Certainly came after the Twilight Zone yeah. movie. I, I mean, I, I don't think they referenced it. I think he was just supposed to yes, be like, ah, I'm the guy who cares about the and, bottom yeah. line, whatever. It just is crazy but how that lines up. That was John Landis. Real life. Yeah. <laughs> it was John Landis. It's nuts. Uh, but and then he made Max Landis, which is a choice that I ke- I just keep <laughs> feeling mixed about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we got to talk about Chet. We got to talk about we, Chet. We got to spend at least forty five minutes on Chet. When I picture uh, Mama Bates's boyfriend, uh-huh. the one that throughout this whole series Norman Bates was going to kill, I picture black and white psycho. I picture a Sam Loomis type gentleman. I certainly do too. And I figured that he's probably a nice guy. Uh-huh. That because Norman was jealous and, yes. and sexually uh, confused about his mother, yes. it was a trigger for his psychosis. Yep. But we learn that Chet and future Biff yeah. from uh, Back to the Future Part 2 are very similar. Yeah, that Chet is the most Chet Chet that has ever so Chetted. Chet. He's such a Chet, it's crazy. He's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a big old piece of shit. He beats up on Norman. He yep. like takes him outside to, to teach him boxing. To try and teach him to be like, a what, man. What are you, a girl? What are you, and a girl? Him? And then hits him in the face. He's like, hey, you, you were a girl a when nose. I was fucking, fucking your mother and her yeah. asshole last night. He's like being he, that kind of a guy. He literally says like... I know you got a dick. Your mother told me it's big. Oh, like he yeah, says yeah. something about that, like your mother told me you're hung or something. Yeah, it's like he says, uh, he's like, show, show me the. Oh, he says something like, show me what you're made. Yeah, but yeah, it's... he's like, you've got a huge dick, Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah, and I know it, and you know it. Yeah, it's so let's box about it. So fucked up. And then like you know, uh, it ultimately is a scene where Norman poisons them both, but like Chet doesn't know that's about to happen. 
he comes into their room and Chet's like, ah, room service is here. Like, he's just always oh, yeah. talking down to him and, like, he, he treats him like shit. He is an asshole yeah. and his eyes go two different directions. They sure do. And it doesn't seem like something that he was born with. <laughs> yeah, It yeah. seems like something that was obtained through hard labor. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, okay, so after he gets poisoned, uh-huh. he, like, he puts up a little bit of a fight because he knows he's dying. Uh-huh. And then he dies. He yep. definitely dies. Totally dies. And then... Uh, as Norman's mom is being poisoned, she dies. Yep. Uh, and also, that was a mid-movie prediction that I made that oh, yeah, came right. 100% yeah. true. Um, then she dies. But after she dies, Chet shows back up again. He's ah, got more fight in him. It's the scream ending. Yes. He's back. And then he dies. And he dies and again. Then, uh, For sure he dies. Mom's not dead yet, so nope, Norman has a moment with her. Yep. And then she dies. She dies again. And definitely then everything's dies. fine. And then Chet pops Chet's back, back up. There's more Chet. Oh, my God. And it, but then he dies. Back. He definitely then he dies. Fight, he definitely dies. And I believe one more time, Chet returns after... Does. Mom dies again. Exactly. And now they're both dead. Yep. That it, Chet kept. And what was funny is by the third one, we're like, ah, Chet's back. Yeah. And by the fourth one, it was like, fucking Chet, Chet, again. Chet Rudolph. They, you know, the the whole idea of that scream ending is like they literally say it in the scream movies every time it happens that oh, once you think the killer's dead, he comes back one more time. Mm. They do that four times with Chet. Four times. So that by the time it funny happens, that we're thinking of Chet as the killer though. Uh, yeah, I know. He's, yeah, he's just a. I was about to say an innocent victim, but there is nothing innocent about victim. Chet at all. Oh, he's a victim of murder. Yes. But um, he's not a victim of murder that wasn't a little deserved. Yeah, he's so. a pile of trash. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. He wears, uh, he wears uh, uh, Norman's dad's robe. Yeah. And baby and, like, Norman is like, around. hey, don't wear my dad's robe. Yeah. And he's like, why? Because you dick? I, I don't know what he says, but it's something that's just emasculating and awful. It's ridiculous. And, and like... Norman's mother is already very abusive to him. Lots of shots of her screaming directly at him, framed as her looking right into the camera yeah. and saying, like, you you almost killed me on the way out of my womb. Yeah. I should have killed you while you were still in it. Yeah. Fuck. It's fucked. It's Fuck. really fucked. She's, like, extremely abusive of him. And it's Olivia Hussey, horror uh, favorite, really classing up the joint. Totally. Uh, she's even with, like, crazy material. Yeah. She's, she's insane. She sells a lot of this stuff, like, really hard. Yeah. But then Chet shows up into the picture, and, like, she gets so much worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, wh- you you think you've seen as bad as this can get, and then they bring Chet into it, and it, like, all of it escalates even mm-hmm. further. It, 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 And he does see them fucking when he looks through the... Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, when they the use peephole. the uh, peephole. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe that's going to recontextualize the, uh, the joking thing we always say about Van Zandt's psycho. I, I know. Is that, you know, he just goes... Okay, with Rob Zombie's Halloween... Yeah. You know, it's a remake of the original in that it is a remake of that story. Yes. Um, it is not a remake of the original in that he invokes a lot of the sequel lore in okay. building his, yep. his you know, background of that. Yeah. And uh, once again, I've, I've lost train of thought of where I'm going. That's okay. We were talking oh, about and then Norman Gus Van Zandt's remake. Scene. Yeah. Um, so many elements of, uh, of Halloween. Halloween reek of just... Well, it was already done perfectly. So how do we just give it a give it a spin of some sort and use a little bit of the lore to yeah. do so? And that's that's what I think that could end up feeling like. Totally. Just, well, no, it's established that that and so whereas it doesn't jive with the original movie, yeah, it is not untrue to it. So yes. like he brought the brother sister Myers elements into the story of the original when it wasn't there. Yeah, to spice up his remake. Yeah. Maybe bringing the more explicit psychosexual stuff to it. it. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. That 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 makes sense. That you've got a whole series here where 
by the end of it, it is very explicit that that's part of what's going on with mm. Norman. So you you remake the original, maybe you go like let's let's take that step, let's put let's establish that right off the bat. Yeah, and they establish the and Michael Myers background. And yeah, that's, okay. It's not that that's not in the original Psycho. I think that's certainly implied, but it's not very explicit. Yeah, they elevated. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's there's nothing in the original Halloween to say that they're brother and sister. Right. But there's plenty to say that he is targeting her. Yes, exactly. And so like it it that does fit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's it, exactly it's the thing where it's like well they don't. They're not explicit that it's his sister. They're not explicit that it's not. Yeah, you know, it's exactly, like it's like yeah. that thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I I genuinely enjoyed this one though. I, I did was too. like, su- I continue to be surprised how much I enjoy these. And a lot of that I think is just I love watching Anthony Perkins play this character. He's really and it's a consistent character. Yeah. Um, even I think the only thing that was that was a betrayal of his character this time around. Yeah. Was the line that I I don't want the movie to have. To to have to not have, so it has to be there. Yeah, yeah. Is when he's just when he first calls into Frambrose's show. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh no, I've killed before. I've killed plenty of you know plenty of victims. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to kill, and I might have to kill again. Yep. And it's like that doesn't feel like him. It does speak to the implied arc of this movie that he's reached at the beginning yes. years when he's he's decided that that some you know that. That he is, uh, that he is broken in a way, or, yes. or that he is malfunctioning. Yes. He doesn't want to pass that on. So that that works, but him almost being gloating about it feels weird. That line treats him as if he's the slasher from yes. Psycho. Yeah, yeah. But Norman is never. I mean, that is what he is. But Norman is never not in the way we treat. The slasher. It almost in our doesn't make sense now. that he would call into this show anyway. It, it's very like, strange. That's along the same lines yeah. of of him saying that is why would he even call. The premise of this movie in general is a little bit wonky, I think, mm-hmm. but um, it still ultimately worked for me enough oh, that absolutely. I was like, you know, and it, and, and it's, it's fun. Yeah, it is very it's really fun. fun. I love the call in segment. Exactly. It's I, I would listen to that show. Yeah, I would it, absolutely listen. And to it's that show. such a unique like I just again, it's like is if you had told me to write four hundred Psycho fours. Never would I have landed on that as a premise. Nope. You know what I mean? <laughs> nope. So, like, it is fun that it is that weird kind of unique premise for it. It doesn't entirely jive with me for who I know Norman to be. Mm. But once we get in it, I'm I'm fine. I'm you know what I mean? I'm, and I'm it, good. It's all true to it. I, I, it's just it, it doesn't feel true to his character in that I go I wouldn't do those things. Right. But his reasons for doing them ends up being pretty true to his yeah, character. It, feels, it, it doesn't betray it. Right. It feels okay once you get into it. I don't like Michael Myers as a very, very strong emo pussy. Right, right. I like him as the shape. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so it goes. Yeah. But it works. It does. Yeah. And and to your point, like that line definitely turns him into the the slasher icon of the psycho series. Which doesn't fit into Norman for me, but but not inordinately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great <laughs> reference. Uh, but uh, I really like that Psycho 4, within five minutes, starts with the promise of a movie. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Yes. Like, that is a very good way yeah, to put it. Because yeah. that moment, we both laughed like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're playing hardball. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the promise of a movie. Yeah, yeah. I like, no, that's so true. Yeah. So many movies have that moment. Even... Um, to to drop an Easter egg about an episode we'll be dropping Ooh, soon. Please, uh, even when watching Night of the Comet yes. today, uh, 
you know, when it started, I'm like, okay, this is, neat. and then as soon as uh, bum number one showed up yeah. and just fucking beat that guy with the wrench, I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I know it's we going got on. a movie. We got a movie. Yeah, you can yeah. take me to some credit. You can take me all the way to the credits on that. Yeah, Let's yeah. do it. Yep. So yeah, yeah. It's I, I really enjoyed this. I, I'm so fucking impressed with this series. It's insane. And I can't, we, This is the other thing we were talking about, and this is probably a fine way to to kind of uh, wrap yeah, wrap up our conversation here. Everyone I've everyone I've told that oh we're doing the Psycho movies for we're doing the whole Psycho franchise for uh, for Halloween for the podcast. Every single person I said that to goes. There's a sequel to Psycho? Not, oh, there's a franchise? Yeah, it's, yeah. There's a sequel to Psycho? Yep. Yeah, no, there's three sequels they to go, Psycho. You mean the one with Vince Vaughn? Right, yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. No, there's three sequels with the original guy that played Norman Bates. It. No one knows or talks about these movies, ever. Ever. And I, I think I mean this sincerely... This might be the best slasher franchise. I mean, I, I, I will not go. I will not go so far as saying that. Yeah. But I'm not going to argue. Uh, yeah. Argue you on it because it's been a while since I've seen any franchises I, besides Halloween. Because I wouldn't of that. say it's my favorite, but it might be the best. It's certainly the cleanest. Yeah. In terms of retcons and mythology. Yeah. And staying true to its characters and its its concept. Yeah. Without milking it to the point of ridiculousness, right? And no horror, no horror franchise makes it to four entries without without some portion of its structure turning into a house of cards. Yeah, and it hasn't. And yet. I think every one of them is legitimately a pretty good movie. Oh yeah, with two of them being, I think, excellent, excellent movies. movies. You know? Oh yeah. Well, I, I would say one and two are excellent, excellent. fantastic damn near perfect yeah. movies if not perfect yeah three is great really good and yeah. four is good pretty good so yeah and it, that's that's very impressive i don't think i got to part four of any slasher franchise where one of them didn't you know where one of them didn't didn't do it for me totally agree like uh nightmare on elm street i like all four of the first the, uh, the first four films but two is like a little bit weak for me. I'm not like Fair crazy enough. about two, three and four. I like quite a bit. One, I think is amazing. You know, um, uh, uh, Friday the 13th movies. I like all four of the first ones, but two, I'm not as crazy about it. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. every one of these series somewhere in those first four movies. It's not something, like, even if we, I mean, it does psycho does benefit from being just four movies, for sure. but being, you know, if you look at the larger franchises, there is more than one in every franchise that's a chore to get through. Yeah, totally. And it might not be in the first four, but there's there and none of these were a chore to get no, through. Not at all. And all of them run the risk of being watched again. To, absolutely. I want to show people Psycho Two. I really want to watch Psycho Two. And then with if people. they if it catches and they go through four, I'll watch it with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. That I I would definitely want. I I think there's actually like a lot of fun to be had with this one. I want to see three at Exhumed. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so much fun. I think fun. three would be a blast with an exhumed audience because that is the one that has the most kind of like tongue in cheek humor yeah. to it. And it has and the most yeah. moments. Yeah. Four was four was good. I, I can understand why it felt like a TV movie. Mm -hmm. The direction feels TV like, but I, I we should probably look into that as to what the story is. Because there's curious. titties, there's yeah. really uh salacious stuff. But uh it does feel like I mean it's I don't want to talk bad about Mick Garris because I right. respect him, but there's just when you're a hardcore Stephen King fan, there's a certain way you feel about Mick Garris and his ability to to 
it's also probably his greatest strength to make him such a success is he can successfully neuter some really crazy stuff yeah, yeah. using his direction. And um, it sucks because the stuff is good, but you got to get it on TV. Yeah. And uh, he subverted that here with, as we were talking about earlier, but there is a lot of stuff that feels TV like yeah. that, where it is, you know, grindhouse light. Well, you know, it, it has that. And I was thinking about it too as we were watching it, you know, the, the few times that there are boobs and, uh, and the, um, some of the more, I guess you could say like salacious elements of the plot and stuff. If this is on television, pan and scan was the thing of the day. Mm. It would be very easy to include almost every scene in this movie and ADR a couple things out. Oh yeah, pan yeah. and scan just above where the nipples are. You know what I mean? Like mm. there, it would, I think, be fairly easy to turn this into a televisable. I think we probably watched the original cut and just what it maybe just didn't see a release until many years later right. when it became an, an item. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that would be my assumption. That's, because it yeah. still does feel TV. Most yep. of it plays um, and would play fine. There's no, like, vulgarity or anything yeah. that's like, you know. Or maybe it premiered on HBO or something, and so yeah, that's yeah. how IMDb labels it. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, it only gets, like... Yeah, because even the mom stuff, like, that plays on TV. We're not worried about that. We just don't like dirty titties. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like I said before, with the, the mom uh, psychosexual stuff... Garrus knocked it out of the park oh, yeah. with the way that he was, you know. So it he, is he it walks is. that tightrope pretty well there. There's some style though. There's some. Oh yeah. There's some cool elements. Uh, the scene where he kills the girl, locks her in the trunk, and pushes her in the tar pit, and then hears her. Yeah. Be, that she's not she actually dead. Up. She pulls a chet. Yep. And yeah. then drowns. That is directed with uh, that whole scene. Yeah. Him strangling yep. in front of the taillights. Yep. Uh, cutting to uh, Norman in momware, yep. you know, bathed in mom red. Wear. And then when it goes wide, it has, you know, like the musty green and brown outside of the aura of red and purple. Yes. It's a little pop tarty. Oh, yeah. It, there was some really cool stuff there. You pointed out the shot that I missed because I was texting. Oh, yeah. Uh, where uh, it's actually earlier in this scene yep. uh, where we see the Bates Motel uh, sign the reflecting neon the logo windshield reflecting of a car. The windshield. Super cool. Which is really great, especially because this is the only one. This uh, Again, this one lacks a shot that the other ones have, which is the, the Bates Motel neon sign. Usually mm-hmm. we get an establishing shot with that sign. This movie never had that except for it being reflected in that windshield. I kind of mm-hmm. like that choice. That's, that that's is pretty cool. cool. And the house is white. It's painted. You know, there's, there's lots yeah. of good attention to yeah. detail. Um, and I think it is well directed. There's it a is. couple scenes that do that thing that uh, it's actually to bring up another Stephen King adaptation. Uh, Garris didn't do it, but in it, yeah, the scene where they all go out to dinner together, mm-hmm. the camera is almost like a, a, a diet Tony Scott level of just rotating oh, around the yeah. conversation to the point where you're like, my God, they're just going. With this. Yeah, there's a scene that does that here, but it works very well. Yeah, it's I like very that dynamic, scene in the radio station, and it, it showcases what the actors are doing. Yeah, and it's some good work. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, there's some really strong direction happening here and a really good eye to style, even if it feels TV-like. I liked the whole sequence in the beginning with the fireworks, the way he was using the light of the fireworks to play off of their faces and then using the fireworks themselves to highlight his first kill. You know what I mean? Like it's There were a lot of good stylistic choices in here, I think. Oh, absolutely. They Um, used mostly the original score. I think they just, you know... Volume up, volume yep. down as yep. needed. Um, um, they didn't really change anything. A lot of about good that. close up work, too, um, mm-hmm. which for some reason That's lately cinematic. I've been. Yeah. Because in TV, it was always about, at least as, as the forms, you know, diverged. Yeah. Uh, two forms diverged in a wood, <laughs> and one chose a larger screen. Yes. And so in the, the, uh, 
the uh, hucksterism of come on out to the big screen. Yeah. A director's new to film big face close-ups yep. because that looks huge. You go, yeah. oh man, that's huge. The yeah. spectacle, it's amazing. And so TV went the other way, which was get as much information as you can yeah. on the small screen because we're broadcasting live. We're you know limited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so this does play the rules of cinematic language mm-hmm. for a big screen. Yeah. And that that's where it's most evident, I think. Yeah, I thought and I like that stuff. I thought that was pretty good. Mm. For some reason lately I've been like really obsessed with like close ups in movies. Mm. I don't know why, but my my brain has been like attaching itself to shots like that. And there was a mm. lot of good stuff like that in this movie. In dating an actress, I see a fair amount of plays. Yeah. And uh so the for the for example, the other day I saw once. Oh and yeah. once was excellent. Uh the Arden Theater did an excellent job. It was cool. it was phenomenal in every way. But once is a movie that does uh I mean, it speaks through the the emotion of the music and all of that, yeah. but because it is a movie, the people in it have to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, in Once on stage, they do have to play bigger to the yep. back of the crowd, and yep. that's something that, that you always see seeing stage to screen is playing for, you know, you have to play for the back row, yeah. no matter, so they play bigger, and, you know, there's, there's neither's better, it's just a better understanding of their form. Yeah. But uh, in movies, those big face close-ups, what makes them so fascinating is that they they can't play big. Right. They have to play small. Yeah. And and it's funny because when you see a film actor do a stage role and they're not accustomed to stage, that shows too. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but they those big shots can really show some strong face work. I, yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with that. So yeah, I, I liked this movie. I really I thought too. it was fun. Uh, I th- this is I really like this series. Like really like this series. Red herring that meant nothing in this movie. Yeah, Norman is in a house. Yes, a beautiful oh, house right. that he lives with his I wife. About this, and they they make hints visually and suggestively as to what is going on with this house because the uh, the radio station calls eventually calls the cops after yep. refusing just calling the papers forever. Yeah. They eventually yeah. call the cops and there's a real threat saying, "Oh, Norman Bates." And as soon as they mention Norman Bates, the cops go, "No, let it go." Yeah. And so that seems suspicious. Weird. It seems like something because they they have a scene devoted to it where the assistant. This is another one I made you run back. Yeah, because we were we were chatting through. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, and so she comes in and makes some sort of suggestion about it, and then when Norman's referring to where he is, yes, he says that uh, his his wife got this house from a previous marriage. Yes, and then he looks around like Ooh. he does like a very big piece of facial work with his yeah. eyes, and then thunder and knowing Perkins, yeah, Perkins is purposefully doing that with this character it is all about the way he works that face and then it was nothing it was nothing that house there has to be something about that house in an original script i was gonna say i cut i bet there what is because that i think is the thing that probably ties it all together that i was looking for that didn't happen yeah is that that lady had some sort of lineage that ties her to the original story Mm. whether it would have worked or not depends on what it is Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think, what could be a thing that clashes with the ending that we got that could answer that question and maybe had to go? Well, and one of the things that you and I were, were talking about was, like, the end of this movie takes place inside of the, the house, right? Yes. The, the, yeah. the classic Psycho house. Which which makes sense to me that that's where you'd want the finale of a Psycho movie to you take gotta place. you got to have a Rocky fight. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense with what we know about uh, uh, Norman's wife and, and Norman himself. Like the whole way they get there to the house seems very weird. It like, it didn't really work for me. Mm. And you and I kind of talked about like, I kind of think the ending of this movie should just be in the house. He's been in this whole time. Mm. It feels like it would make more sense for her to come home and him be in the midst of this episode he's having and, and, 
fight with her that way, um, it makes less sense for her to like buy into him being like, no, 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 come to my mother's house. And, you know, and then he's yeah, pulling yeah. her around very forcibly. And she's and, like, whatever you say, Norman. Yeah, it, it's very strange. Um, but uh, so, and you know, what? you could have done it on a new staircase in the new house. Totally, that would have been cool. I know. I actually think it would have been exciting to see a new setting for this yeah, sort yeah. of classic psycho finale. I think um, it probably had something to do with maybe there was a plot line involving them trying some some party trying to locate that house. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. I, I think to your point, I om- it almost feels like there was a whole other last half hour of this movie mm-hmm. that maybe was in the house that he's in with the wife. It does turn out he murdered her ex husband somehow, and that's how they ended. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. somehow all these things are tied together. Um, it's and, weird for and her then, to be a rogue element. Yeah, and it's then they weird. just kind of reshot it to be in the classic house. And the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just making this up. And I don't know if any great. of that's true. But we got the great. Uh, but you're right. It does feel like that. Yeah. It feels like there was a smarter ending, but maybe there wasn't. We yeah, don't know. Yeah, I, I, it just feels like there's pieces missing. Yes, yeah. it feels like there's something there. But the house on fire, uh, awesome, bitching, so awesome, so awesome. I believe I predicted that in our first Psycho Two predictions you episode predicted that, that, that was going to happen. I was hoping one of my predictions from earlier on about Norman attempting suicide was going to come true. I, I, I thought it was I going. I really there. thought it was really going to go there. Going yeah. there. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the reveal of the big slasher line in the beginning about like, and I'm going to kill again. Yes, yeah, was, yeah exactly. He was planning to kill I'm himself. Kill myself, yeah. and that's and that would make sense as to I'm calling in because yes. this is my yes. confessional, my farewell. Yes. This is everything. Yep. Would have been cool. I um, really kind of think that we might be right, that there might have been a different ending to this movie that then got changed to the happy ending that we mm, kind of get here. It, it is. It, it's that type of happy it, ending that feels like yes, when a new movie does that. It, yeah, exactly. It just feels yeah, like it was It feels like on. there were all these details building to Norman killing himself, having something to do with this house and this wife, that it's not what he's explaining it to be, that this is all a confessional, that, you know, like and all those elements. Himself, How did I get here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny there's got to be a way to, to link that to the other talking heads hit psycho yeah. killer but i can't do yeah, it can't, so can't do please it. take yeah. the ingredients yeah. enjoy your meal <laughs> it is a joke deconstructed yes which you hipsters pay extra for <laughs> that was something when i was when i was in california yeah. that was so funny there were so many things on menus that were like oh it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich deconstructed it's like no that's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich unfinished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just didn't want to do it. You just you, you, you just gave me the pieces. And like, okay, that's fun. But yeah. like, I'm at a sushi bar. So maybe you should roll the sushi. Because yeah. last time I checked, I, I have no idea. That is no idea. Very funny. These hands are so white. Yeah. But it was, yeah. It's just that you didn't do it. Yeah. You didn't finish the meal. Oh, that's funny. What am I, what am I paying you for? You're at the store. Yeah. You just brought the ingredients. Uh, with parsley this is even one this is a total non sequitur but because you're making me laugh so much right now i it would be a shame for the world uh to not have this joke i've been telling it to people all week i (laughs) hopefully you'll remember it uh when they first announced that damien chazelle was making first man Uh you had the best joke about that and since i've now seen for we've both seen first man i think we both liked it quite a bit um, for the audience's sake, uh, do you remember your joke about this movie when they first announced it? No. I've been telling people all week, and it makes me laugh so I don't remember hard. This at all. So, do you remember that the controversy around La La Land was that it's a movie about a white man trying to save jazz? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, your joke when they announced First Man was, "Man, I can't wait to see Jamie, Damien Chazelle take on Neil Armstrong. I can't wait for him to get off of that spaceship on the moon and go. This is one small skibbity boop pop." For man, one giant skip up, boop up, and doop for mankind. Oh my god, 
<laughs> I do remember that. That's the funniest thing I've ever oh, heard. Oh, man, that's so funny. Oh, I'm brilliant. And it would be a shame for that not to be recorded somewhere. I'm that a is goddamn so funny. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that... I think that was something that we, I said on the show. Was it on the yeah, show? Yeah, because Jacob was here, oh, I really? believe. And it, I, I really we thought riffing. it was part of the, the group It might have been. Yeah. I, it very well might have been. Yeah. I had one earlier this week that I said I was very mad at First Man because it didn't give me the full history of American jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... I, the skibbity boop bop is very boop. good. <laughs> very good. Oh, no, you know what that was? What is that? It wasn't La La Land. We were talking about Neil Armstrong and if he was related to Louis oh Armstrong. Oh, my God, really? And so then we put yeah. Louis Armstrong on yeah. the moon. And so that's where <laughs> one small skibbity boop bop from man. <laughs> that's where that came from. That's so oh, funny. Man. In my head, I related it just back to the controversy from La La Land well, I mean, leading it, into. It probably was all yeah. in the color of that. Yeah. That is, oh, God That's damn the it. best joke anyone's how ever going to write about first like, man. How do you hang out around such genius <laughs> so classically? Good stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've, I've just been repeating that joke to people all week that's so funny to well, me it almost has new life because of the la la land yeah. thing like it can, it's now able to be used again because yeah. for the louis armstrong thing it was just that moment yeah yeah which i believe yeah i think that was in our midway through the year episode it might have been yeah because yeah, we were maybe. talking about what we were excited i may for just for the be repeating you from our podcast on our Yo, podcast all exhibition is good exhibition <laughs> put it out there yeah. spread it on uh do you have any final thoughts on uh the beginning the final psycho movie i i think at least as as far as this this franchise has gone, since Anthony Perkins is now exiting the franchise uh, because we're going to do the remake next, um, I think what it what I my big takeaway from 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 Psycho is just that I should go look at other Anthony Perkins roles. I need to see everything he's been in because I think he he became so synonymous with this. Yes, that but when you look at his filmography, he's got other roles. Yes. Yeah. But he has that weird movie we discovered that he wrote with the Zucker he, guys. Yeah, he or, directed a Zucker movie. Yeah, yeah as um, a script. Uh, something like Stiff. Lucky Stiff, I think. Lucky Stiff was yeah. it, yeah. And it's like, he seems like a pretty weird guy that probably has some weird bohemian art yeah. uh, attributed to him that, that I would like to see. Oh, I really want to see Lucky Stiff. After yeah. having watched Psycho 3, it's like, oh, I want to watch him direct another movie. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a comedy, because he brought a lot of comedy to the Psycho franchise for mm-hmm. Psycho 3. I, that is so wild. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I I feel like he's one of those guys who probably did get pigeonholed a little bit. Yeah. And certainly his legacy is is rooted in Psycho. But, but he's probably gone underappreciated as an artist beyond yeah. this thing. Yeah. There's probably some really good roles that, you know, like uh, that, that just, like after Deliverance, yeah. it hurt Ned Beatty's career because nobody could not see him right. getting assaulted by rednecks. Yeah. And uh, I feel like, People probably couldn't unsee Psycho. Yeah. And it just led to him not getting that due. Right. And I would like to I would like to do more uh, of me that. Me too. He's wonderful in these movies. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the the attraction of these That's movies. It's not an easy character. No. And I think that it being him, you know, I think that people other people could have played it. Yeah. Um I don't think it's an impossible character to cr- to crack. So it being him is like He's just, I don't know, he's just perfectly cast, and he, he figured out a way that I, I think other people wouldn't have. Like You can play this psycho and have it work, but he figured out a way to make it so real and so believable that it's scary in the first movie yeah. and becomes just an incredibly uh, uh, exponentially growing plot device in the future movies. Well, he, he captures that, that insanity in a way that, that is 
amorphous and usable and moldable and and gets it. it yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think you'll buy into this. Like, I think like the thing that is so interesting about this and really uh, makes these movies stand apart, I think, from from other slasher franchises and stuff, and maybe is why he's so unique and interesting to us is. Yes, the reason you and I love Friday the 13th movies and go back to Friday the 13th movies and want to see more Friday the 13th movies is because we love Jason. Yeah. But what do we love about Jason? We just like watching Jason kill. We like watching... He punches people's heads off. Yeah, we like watching that. Jason kill and In do what Jason mask. does. That's not what we like about Norman. Not at all. I don't want to see Norman kill. What I like about Norman is Norman, the mm. character of Norman. I want to learn more about yes. Norman. Even if, like, functionally, I don't want to know everything about yes, him. Yes, yeah. I do. I, that's how I know him. I like spending time with Norman. Yes. It's a weird thing to say, considering who, you know, Norman, this is always the, the thing we get into by the end of these episodes. It's like, I know this is a weird thing to say. Yes, he's a psycho. He's the, the titular psycho. Mm. Um, but, like, I like spending time with Norman. I want to spend more time with Norman. That's not how I feel about Jason or Freddy or, or, or Michael Myers. You know, know what I mean? I just want to sit back and watch them do what they yeah, do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I guess out of all of them, he is the most true character in terms of how we experience him. Yeah. Because, like, Jason, we know him behaviorally. Yep. And we know him just because we know the, the mythos uh, of Jason. Iconography-wise. The iconography yeah, yeah. of it. Freddy, we know how he became Freddy. Yep. And that's kind yeah, of Yeah, he's it. a little and, more and of a character. we know he's pissed but about but it. Yeah. But he's, more of a, but he's more of an icon. Yes. He's not there to be understood. Right. He's there to be uh, gaudy and, and loud and yep. mean and yep. silly. Yep. And Michael Myers gets lost in the middle there where they couldn't yeah. figure out what yeah. to do with him with that. Um, and ultimately landed more as to where we went with Norman. Yes. But with Norman, the whole reason that first movie works is because we, we want to understand the psychology of it. We're not yeah. there to watch him hack people to bits. Right. And, and you know, even as those elements get introduced, the thing that roots all of them connectively, unlike those other franchises, is... Us wanting to understand yeah. what his experience and his character is. Yeah, that is completely unique. Yeah, it's uh, and I, I just man, I love that about this series. I, I, I think that I Norman definitely goes down as like one of my favorite, just like movie characters. Well, like after having happened. watched all of these, like mm -hmm. I, I just love that character. People would agree with you based on the first movie alone. Yeah, and I think they would only have their opinions reinforced if they went into it with an open mind for I, the for the sequels. I really think that. Again, knowing that clearly most people don't even know there are sequels to Psycho, I think that if if we could convince them, if we could, hopefully this series is doing that. Like if we could sell them on it, mm. I can't see anybody being disappointed. Oh no, not at all. At least you know, especially at Psycho Two. I Maybe as we go a little further down the line, parents' age being like, ah, they're un you know, yeah. like, and uh, you yeah. can't can't touch a classic, right? But. Uh, if you engage with them as they're meant to be engaged, they work. I think at the very least, any modern horror fan that for some reason hasn't seen these movies, you there is way more to appreciate in all of them than you would expect. Mm -hmm. there, there's legitimate filmmaking craft. There's really, really good performance stuff. And some actually like really well-written horror stories. Deft plotting is what yeah, I would call for it. Sure. There yeah. is deft plotting all over the place in service of a uh, just terminally interesting character mm -hmm. whose condition has been built in such a way that it can just constantly not necessarily be changed but added to yeah and and always in service of tricking you of tricking the uh the characters yep. and of mo and of moving the plot forward and it, it it's really it's a great it's franchise really great 
I love it. I want to see because I think it would be good to know while we have this going what the release schedule is for Psycho Four. How did that happen? Yeah, let's let let's wrap the episode up that way because I think we're about hitting the end here. But I do really want to know about you know did this get released theatrically? Is it truly a TV movie? Was it you know? Uh, yeah, I'm just curious. Let's see. It says Psycho Four: The Beginning was released on VHS and Laserdisc by MCA Universal Home Video in 1991. It was later reissued on VHS by Good Times Home Video under license from Universal Studios. It was finally released in DVD in, in Region One as a triple feature package with Psycho Two and Psycho Three. They left Psycho One out of it. Wow. On August fourteenth, two thousand seven. Um. So it looks like it never got a theatrical release. Now, if we go over to Psycho Four, yeah, it, yeah, it says TV movie, right? What is it? If you go to release, what does it say? If you oh, get into the IMDb? release dates, yeah. Because I'm just curious. Maybe it'll tell us where it was broadcast or something. Release date. November 10th, 1990, yeah. in the United States. And it doesn't say No other information than that? Then it just has Argentina, Finland, Germany, a whole bunch of other places, and it's all listed as video. Huh. And then down towards the bottom, Greece. In 1993, uh, in Greece, it was a TV release. So, so maybe, maybe it was a straight-to-video. Yeah. And it got listed as TV movie because that was its first broadcast. Because that was its, yeah, maybe. Maybe like that's first public viewing. Yeah, that would make sense. That, that could make sense, right? Yeah, because that's the first time it's. But uh, it says United States. That's the with first exhibition. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, it, but it said no video or theater. Or any it just said the date. So, so that Who knows? so yeah, maybe it was made for theatrical, but just you know whatever had its premiere and then went right to video yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah. I think it was probably shot for theatrical. Yeah. Just no one. Yep. And I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yep. Yeah. I the one thing I read about this movie going into it was, uh, and I, I think I'd said this before, is, is Perkins did maintain some kind of creative control over this, mm. especially after having directed the the previous one. Mm. I, I believe, if I remember reading correctly, he wanted to direct this one and was not for some reason they wouldn't allow that or whatever. But he maintained a bunch of creative control over it. Is what I heard. Uh, what I had read. I can't remember where I read that. Might have just been it like a Wikipedia entry. It. I mean, yeah. he's he's essential to it. It's absolutely. Yep. I mean, in the same way that in Halloween Resurrection, uh, Laurie Strode herself said, if you're going to keep making these things, please kill me off. Yeah, yeah. She has creative control yep. in that sense. Yeah. Joseph Stefano wrote it. Um, oh, I know that name. Why don't yeah, because he wrote Psycho. Uh, no shit. Yeah. For real? And, it's um, the dude that wrote the original Psycho wrote Psycho 4. It looks like it. That's crazy. It says... He wrote Psycho 4. He wrote Swamp Thing. That's As crazy. a writer, he wrote Psycho. He did the screenplay for Psycho. That's crazy. Because, yeah, it's based on a book, the original one, I think. But that that is wild. Yeah, Robert Block wrote the book. Yeah. Man, he's he wrote a lot. But um, oh, right on. He lasted through to 2006. Good and round. then uh, directed by Mick Garris. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I do like Mick. I have nothing but respect for it. Yeah, well, you're a big King fan, it's, so I could see It is that what being, it is, but yeah. I also I also think that there's a piece of me that when I go, ooh, Stephen King's getting a TV movie, and it's like directed by Mick Garris, I go, mm. <sighs> and right. I usually don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, so that brings us to the conclusion of the original series. Yep. But that means one we more have left. one more to go. The, the Gus remake. Van Sant remake, which I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, I've never seen it before. I, I know how people feel about it. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I'm going to be able to go into it with a little bit of the... I could see why Gus Van Sant, as an artist and filmmaker, leaving the audience aside might want to do that experiment. Absolutely. Might want to try and do a shot-for-shot remake of one of the great films from one of the great directors to just experiment with, like, what will I learn about this process Mm -hmm. from doing that? I'm hoping um, going into that with that perspective will allow me to see something there that maybe people don't... I've seen it, and I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. But I also, you know, like, Psycho wasn't a big part of my movie going, you know, so, like, I I didn't... It doesn't hold a place for you that that could... I have no room in my heart to do the don't remake right. it because like it's always going to exist. Just do yeah. whatever. I can yeah. ignore it. it. I have no room for it. So like I that doesn't register with me on that. Right. So it's just. But at the same time, like I get why it's also pointless though. If that's it's ultimately what you're doing, and I think that people misjudge it as trying to be like the way that we rebooted Texas Chainsaw yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. And it's not that. Right. I think it is what what you're saying. It yeah. is. Um, Hunter S. Thompson once sat down and wrote word for word. He just copied down and typed the Grapes of Wrath. Oh, wow. Because he wanted to know. I think it was Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. He wanted to know what it felt like to type out the great American novel. Yeah. Whether that's a true story or just another one of his fucking believe it or (laughs) not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. The point is there is something to be said about experiencing the craft, even if it's not your creative craft. I'm a huge fan of huge fan of musical covers yeah i i the new mad Ab- embry album has some great covers oh, yeah? on it um yeah there's 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 just something about experiencing that craft and, and doing it the way you know how to i think there's something valid there yeah and so i i am in support of the existence of gus van zandt psycho yes. i don't remember enough of it it's probably been five six years since i've seen it when we watch it again we can assess as to whether that holds up as a form of entertainment. Yes. But as a form of artistic expression, I get I yeah. get the attraction to making that that experiment. And I'm very interested to see um, what Vince Vaughn does with that role. Mm-hmm. That definitely, now really falling in love with that character and that performance, I'm very interested to see. I would love it if he was just like, oh, oh you're just going to yell at me, mother? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're yeah, just yelling at me now. Yeah. That's the game that we're playing. You're yelling, I'm yelling, everybody's yelling. You know what's happening? You know what's happening while we're yelling? Well, you know what? Actually, at least nobody's dying this time. But what? And just him doing his whole thing. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this you thing see, up. see, a mother's best friend, <laughs> a boy's best friend is his mother. My mother, great lady. I just... <laughs> yeah. Back me up on this. Yeah. This is gonna twelve be- rooms, twelve <laughs> vacancies. Did I tell you we have twelve rooms? We have all twelve rooms. We got all the twelve, all dozen, <laughs> yeah. a dozen. Sometimes we call that a dozen. Some people call that a dozen. It's we twelve, a but it's a dozen, dozen, which is yeah. thirteen unlucky amount of rooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm very interested to see what that is. Uh, so let's plug everything that we've ever heard of in our entire lives. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, Cinadelphia uh, is now cinema76.com. So yes. check it out. I believe you're going to have some words coming up about Psycho. I'm going to do this whole uh, Psycho series. <sighs> yeah gonna be gonna be wild can't wait it's so fun watching you turn into a horror man i love it it's 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 the yeah, best fan that's to i'm be gonna in. be doing an article trying to defend it as one of the great uh, uh franchises yeah it's gonna be yeah. a fun and easy article to write because it didn't it don't need no defending nope. you just gotta tell it how it is holds up on its own cinema 76 um of course you can find us at i like to movie on all the platforms please subscribe leave yes, comments please. that helps with visibility yes uh, contact us in all of the ways that we give you 
uh, so that we can interact with you and tell us what you want, because that's what we want. Yes. And uh, I'm at Dan Scully on everything. I'll be covering the film festival for Findy this year. Uh, you should check out Movie John. There's some stuff going on over there. And October 30th at the Ritz 5, The Thing. I will be introducing that wonderful movie, followed by a screening of that wonderful movie. So it's a win. Oh, it's going to be so uh, fun. Yeah, so definitely come check those out. Uh, that's everything I know. Yeah, I like uh, to movie at everything. Dan yeah. Scully at everything else. Yes, I'm uh, at Philadelphia on Twitter and Letterboxd. I'm still reviewing movies over there as well. I'm on farsightedblog.com. I got a bunch of puff coverage up over there. Uh, and um, I, I think some more stuff coming out with them. Oh, you know, I just did an interview with um, Clark Freeman. Uh, who oh, starred right in We Go On and is one of the executive producers of The Witch in the Window. That's nice. up over at farsightedblog.com right now. I knew you did that. Yeah. Okay, it's I'm going to read that on the train. It's on Farsighted Blog uh, right now. Uh, I interviewed him. It was re- he was great. It was a really cool nice. interview. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, so check that out. Uh, he had some interesting things to say about The Witch in the Window. Uh, and uh, yeah, f- follow us on Twitter. Email us. Facebook. It's all I Like 2 Movie Numeric 2. And uh I think that does it for for this week. We got one more to go, and then uh, happy Halloween. Yeah, fuck, man. Oh, man. I ordered my Halloween costume this week. It's coming in the mail. I still got to figure mine out. It's going to be good. All right. right. Yeah, it's going to be real good. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because Because we we like like to movie. movie.